Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. At 11 minutes after 8, we will keep you up to date on the ongoing traffic situation this morning from the WTMJ Traffic Center. I'm looking at the Department of Transportation camera we have that is zoomed in on this semi-rollover in the hail, Eric. And got the cranes out. They're, they're closer than they have been to getting this cleared, but it doesn't look like it's happening soon. <laughs> no. Yeah, look at all that snow all over everything, man. Yeah, they're going to have to, you're right, Debbie, and they're going to have to clear it also. So once they actually get the truck out of there, then they're going to have to plow through that. I think there's a plow in the background. You can kind of see it. Just waiting. The there, yeah. That, see, that's a great job right now today because there's nothing for you to do in the moment because you can't plow until they move all this stuff. But you're on scene standing by. You think that guy's sleeping? or? Oh, man, he's totally listening. <laughs> totally right? taking hey, a nap. Hey, buddy, flash your lights for us. We're watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> by the way, it's not just that roadway that's going to need to get plowed and, and uh, insulted or whatever. It's going to be the northbound Rock Freeway, too. Mm-hmm. That whole area. Once that whole thing gets reopened, that ramp's going to need to get um, salted up. Nasty stuff out there. I keep actually waiting for the guy to maybe flash his friends. There's a, there's a chance he could be it's listening, right? That would be super awesome. Right. That's the best job to have right now on scene because you're in your truck. You're nice and warm. It's not your turn yet to go, right. but you're in the spot you're supposed to be. So they can't say you're supposed to be somewhere else. So you mm-hmm. can just chill. Let's do a nice podcast this morning. <laughs> Curl up with a good book there in the cab. You're in yeah. a good spot. So anyway, uh, not to make light of it, though, it's a big traffic inconvenience for a lot of folks today as well where they work to clear this. And uh, we will keep you up to date on any developments there in the Hale Interchange through the morning. I'm going to make an admission I bet you're going to admonish me for. You're going to scold me for this. Oh, great. Okay. All right. You, uh, You know me that well, eh? I turned off whatever. I don't I don't know. I don't even remember how I did it. And I don't know to what extent I've done it, but I turned off that alert thing on my phone. What alert thing? Like, like the, all the alerts. Really? For like weather and for whatever. Amber weather alerts and everything? Traffic stuff, all that. Oh. It's off. Yeah, that bothers me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be I friends know. anymore. <laughs> really? I thought, I bet you that's going to bother a lot of people. How can you do that? So, it, whenever I, anything comes down, emergency alerts, now some of that I think can be overridden. That's what I mean. Well, whatever I was able to override, I've overridden. Okay. And I can't remember if it was a middle of the night thing that finally that, that bugged me that because it. it was a middle of the night thing for like, and it wasn't even like an imminent warning. It was like, okay, severe thunderstorm warning. Like I need to know that at 2 a.m. It wasn't tornado warning, like the tornado's coming goes, at your house. Yeah. So I think that bothered me. And then it was another one, like a, another thing that I just felt like this doesn't even come close to applying to me. But I'm getting this alert. But some of them do, right? Like, how do you know which ones are going to be applying to you and which ones aren't? I don't, but I got tired of it, so I just shut it off. Oh, yeah, so now that, that bothers me a little the bit. The tornado could Come be on. next door, and I will not have gotten an alert on my phone. Well, one of the things, and I, I totally understand, and I know that there's been some frustration in the past for, like, Amber Alerts or different things that have, that have squawked on the phone, and I've always sided on, hey, I'd rather be inconvenienced for a couple of minutes if a five-year-old is missing and in danger, like I don't, Fair have, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And for for uh, for my own personal reasons slash professional reasons, I just like to know if there's weather issues. <laughs> so that, that's one of those things. I think some of it, I guess, 
you and I are in a different place than a lot of folks because we stay plugged into the news cycle all day. We're always, I'm always yeah, checking yeah. email. I'm always checking updates. I'm always checking our website and our app, you know, like things like that, because just by the nature of what we do, so I, I'm usually plugged in to a greater extent than I would expect most people to be. So it's so not like I'm never getting in ones that come squawking over. You potentially have not those me. overridden. Nope. Stay in your house. <laughs> Madman outside roaming the... Uh, well, the neighborhood, and, and you part, get that. part of the reasons is stay in your house, madman roaming outside somewhere within a forty mile radius of where you are. <laughs> like, and, and that's just my attitude toward it, and that's what bugged me, and it's why I thought that this story was interesting today out of California. They're complaining about the law enforcement response to the one, sorry, one of the two mass right. shootings we had in the last couple of days. And then, you know, the suggestion that we need a more robust alert system so we can let people know when there's a gunman on the loose. So the idea being that there alike uh, Amber Alert, there would be a active shooter alert. Yes. And we have something sort of similar to this. Like, authorities can activate that system. And this was another thing. Now, and they've I already, done that before. You're right, in the past. I already had my alerts apparently turned off because I didn't get this one. But was it last year where there was a, an active shooter situation? Or police were, I, I shouldn't call it an active shooter. To me, active shooter means it's somebody in the Walmart or wherever or at a school engaged in It was an active scene, ongoing. or an active investigation was yes. taking place. A fluid situation. There was an exchange of gunfire between authorities and a suspect, and that guy was out on the loose, and they didn't know where he was. So authorities wanted to send out an alert. And I think it was Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office that wanted to initiate the alert. Okay. Whatever system they used, remember people in Grafton said, like, I got this on my phone. See, Shelter in place, guy loose, and then they're looking at the address, and it's like, this is nowhere near where i live i guess i'm unless it were to happen multiple times and i feel like we did have a moment there where we got more than one of those over the course of a small time period but if, if that were to happen multiple times then yeah you need to figure that out and you got to tighten that situation up however i am willing to get that blast i'm willing to get that app push on my phone and that beep at four in the morning if it's a one-time thing where the sergeant says, you know what, we got to do this and let's just spray it out there because we're concerned for the safety of the neighborhood. I'm okay with that. I think to its benefit, we've been very conservative with how often we issue Amber Alerts. Agreed. And I think that when it's an Amber Alert, that does say to me like, ooh, this has been vetted, it's important, and I might be able to have some effect on this. I, that has a, an added level of significance. What we... When we have alert after alert after alert, my fear with this is, is that it just becomes white noise. And then more people like me just say, this doesn't even apply to me, whatever, I'm out. So it's won't, it won't actually help. It might actually diminish the ability of law enforcement to communicate with people when it really counts, because it's sort of that cry wolf effect. So if there were an incident to take place in southeast Wisconsin, and I don't want to try to define one, but I guess I can. We'll talk morbid here, but it would have to be a multiple casualty incident. Okay. They would send that out, a mass alert saying, hey, we have not located the gunman yet or gunmen. Sure. And, that's, you, and, and, they you, would, and that would shoot out. Sorry for the pun, but that would send out to your phone. And you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like a, an alert from whatever county saying, hey, we're still looking for dude or dudette. And there is a big shooting in this area. We're looking for this person. Please shelter in place. Please be on the lookout. Please 
Remain vigilant. I would like that. I don't trust the system to not create a white noise effect because I think we would be alerted far too often. And but it just the adds to us. how many are out there <laughs> already. Isn't that our problem then, not not law enforcement's? I'm just telling you, that's how it's going to work. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. 855-616-1620. Commence primary ignition. I don't think this helps anything. Back with more right after this. Eight twenty-two on Wisconsin's morning news. I'm concerned if we add another layer of alerts that you can get on your phone or some other way that it just becomes too much noise. I'll give you an example of alerts that I've, I'm sorry I don't pay attention to anymore, and they become ineffective is it's a notch below an amber alert, which has very specific parameters, but we get plenty of alerts about missing people, whether it be seniors or... Uh, the silver alert? Yeah, seniors or, uh, in many cases, kids. And I have to say, at least 90-some percent of those, thankfully, turn out to be not you know, not very serious. See, matter think- of hours. Sometimes it's inside a matter of hours that we receive... A critical missing, critical missing, critical missing alert from uh, a law enforcement agency. And within a matter of not even hours, maybe the next email you get is, oh, wait, never mind. See, but this is different. This isn't just another alert. This is an active shooter who created a mass casualty event is still on the loose. And the reason we're talking about this is because in California, there was a five-hour delay in letting people know about the active shooter there in Monterey, Monterey Park. And because of that, some experts are saying, you know what we need is we need an alert system like the Amber Alert system whenever there is a mass shooting event like that where the gunman is still on the loose. Yeah, and and for two reasons. One, to help keep people safe. But two, you might also be able to tip off law enforcement and help them apprehend that gunman sooner. So all, all good things and all well-intentioned. I just know, to me, human nature is you get too many of these things, you tune them out, and they carry no weight at all. Well, that's the problem that I think we'd run into is we'd probably get them all the time. Yeah. Like, what would actually define a mass casualty event? You know, is it two or three? And how, you know, like, would we get these multiple a month, multiple a week? Uh, from the 414, I was grateful when they sent out that alert from the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department last year. My son was a senior in college driving for Lyft and Uber. He was in Tosa at the time within 15 blocks of a targeted area. Uh, that's actually a, a great text, and I'm glad that that worked out. And uh, again, there's value in it. From the 920, this would be kind of like the hysterical snow warnings. Ho-hum. Well, see, right? Or, you know, lately we've been getting winter weather advisories, it seems, very often. And again, if I'm paying attention to the forecast, and I know it's going to snow. Do I really need an alert sent to my phone that says, hey, there's a winter? Yeah, I know. I watch the weather. Or I check the weather before I travel. Do I need that scent? And it becomes that yeah. white noise. I like this one. We're missing the golden platinum alerts. Yeah, they're coming. See? <laughs> Don't worry. That's like the breaking news. There was a while there where I was working at another place where we had three kinds of breaking news. Because, yes, that sometimes happens where you want to double down. Because when you see breaking news, people pay attention. Well, they don't anymore because we overused it. We had the breaking news alert, which was we knew there was going to be breaking news, which to me is kind of like if you know there's going to be breaking news. It's not, that's breaking not really news. Re- Right. But we knew it's there was going to be a big announcement later. So yeah. that was the breaking news alert. Okay. Then you had the breaking news, and then you had the breaking news update. 
So after the breaking news, you were updating what had happened okay. at the breaking news. Hmm. You had three breaking newses. So there was always a way to brand something breaking news. I suggested we should have had super breaking news. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is... This is really super breaking news. Uh, Dan texting in, I'm with you, Vinny. When your time comes, it comes. <laughs> so. well, I don't know if that's what I'm saying. I want to walk myself out to slaughter in a terrible situation because I was uninformed. But right, my, my thing is just I don't know that it accomplishes what it needs to because we just have so many alerts. I, I guess right now, I, in Ken Harris, by the way, Dr. Ken Harris from 1017 The Truth, former police lieutenant, he was in earlier on Wisconsin's Morning News, and he said, why not? This is a good thing. If it's another opportunity to let people know about something, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you could argue that that in itself is is a good thing. You would have to figure out parameters, well, which yeah. would, would take some time to figure out. And also the one point that I was making is that we already do this. When, when it comes down to something where if uh, sheriff's officials or law enforcement or some entity thinks it's that serious enough, well, Hey, we got to let the masses know they've let the masses know they have broke in and done the reverse alerts on your phones. It's happened. We had a texter even refer to it. 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, talk and text line. Let me bring uh, Mallory into the conversation. Good morning, Mallory. Good morning. Hey, thanks for calling. I am calling because, yes, thank you for taking my call. My thought is with the technology where it is today, when you have like a shooter alert or something like that, there's no reason why we can't break it down to specific neighborhoods. Burnham neighborhood, Polonia, whatever, you know, Wauwatosa. Not that it's going mass alerts across the city and it's 30 miles away, but it's in my specific zone that I'm in. Yeah, and you do you find that helpful, like the, the, the alerts you've gotten so far? When they're 30 miles away, they're more of a nuisance because that's so far away it's not going to affect me as quickly. And that I can usually hear on the radio or on the television or whatever but if there's something like a mass shooting or a gunman on the loose that can be put specifically to a neighborhood with the technology we have today uh thanks mallory actually i think that everyone would agree with that right it has to be more centralized if if we're going to do something like this it has to be better mm -hmm. and there that's possible and that's doable like they do that now like if you're in even if you're in tennessee and there's a tornado warning there, you can get that alert. You know, if you happen to be driving through the state, if you are in that fenced area, that geofence, then you can get that alert. So why not do the same thing would be the question. I live in um, Muskego and have gotten reverse 911 calls. I think that's mm -hmm. your local law enforcement, right? They can put that out without involving another agency. I'm not positive how they go through that, but... Doesn't take people much answer for them those. to activate that. Right, right, yeah. So they can do something if they need to. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You don't think Cloud Guy moved, huh? I think he moved closer to the pack a little bit. So we're so how many vehicles are there? So we got the <laughs> semi on its side in the hail. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight at least. Vehicles around that. Trucks. And plow guy, they're waiting to plow the roads once they clear it. We're going to get the latest from Debbie here in a moment on your traffic situation. We've got an overturned semi in the Hale Interchange. And actually, um, Carol Kane just popped her head in the in the studio. She's going to come up next for Steve at 9 o'clock and just said, it's just terrible everywhere. It's rough. Bad, yeah, bad, it's bad, bad driving conditions. Yep, yep. So that is. But we as we watch this on the Department of Transportation camera, 
there is a plow in place that's ready to go once they get this cleared because it's been snowing now for a couple hours and they're going to have to plow that part of the road. We want that guy to flash his lights at us because we can see him. And so far, he hasn't done it. Well, he would have to be listening. But you know what? Plow guys listen to Bob and Brian. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay, man. We're funny too. What? <laughs> Who brought you the super plow? Eight thirty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. You and I both like politics, but I found the state of the state virtually unwatchable yesterday. <laughs> it didn't work for it, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, in part because Governor Evers is not the most gifted speaker. The speech was, it reads better than it was delivered. How about that? Now, so that was a good moment when he's extemporaneous, when he goes off, when he speaks from the heart. You, know, you can find value in that. And I'm not even talking about the substance, the policy stuff. I'm just saying, like, who's fun to watch speak? I'll listen to anybody who's a good speaker. Okay. Maybe I agree with the person, maybe I don't, but, you know, I like listening to skilled orators. This was Boring like a, wins. <laughs> well, it did win, but it wasn't fun. <laughs> it didn't do it for you? <laughs> it was like a half-hour run-on sentence. Well, it's become just like the State of the Union, which is more of a sideshow thing now. It's, it's become more of just an act, right? You got your side stands up and claps right. and applauds for everything. The other side sits on their hands, refuses to like change facial <laughs> expressions at all. I didn't hear anything I like. There's nothing we agree on at all. I can't be troubled to put my two hands together. I did think there were a couple of lighter moments that were funny. Actually, this one wasn't intended to be a lighter moment, but it turned into one, and I thought the governor handled this well. Well, I am proud to say that the state of our state is much different today. We've gotten to work fixing the darn roads. I even yes. helped fill some of those potholes by myself, by the way. What? It's not a full-time job for me. <laughs> and I stand here tonight. I'm proud to report we've worked together to repair and improve over 5,800 miles of roads and nearly 1,600 bridges across our state. Come on, who doesn't like fixed roads? So do you think uh, he got that from you because... You always talk about that line about fixing I loved the that line. We fix the damn roads. <laughs> we fix the damn roads. That was a di- maybe a day before the election. Yeah. And I love that line because he, and he actually, you could see it when he had a couple of stumbles yesterday, he was disappointed in himself and he kind of like, his body language was like, I don't know what you want from me. Like, <laughs> and it felt like that in, in that moment right up to the end of the election where it's like, I've answered all the questions. I've done the debate, the votes tomorrow. Just, I fixed the damn roads. Yep. Okay. I got nothing more to say on this. So I did like that. He had fixed the darn, we were, we're fixing the darn roads. Jazz as hell. That's a good one. And then he had this moment little more than halfway through, and it was when he started talking about business in the state, and his wife, Kathy, was there. He mentioned to the, and I thought this was heartwarming and personal. He mentioned they celebrated their 50th anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That got us uh, nice, nice applause, as it should. So they have a love story dating back to, I think, when they were kids. I think kindergarten. they were kindergarten classmates, right? So a wonderful story for Governor and Mrs. Evers. And then he was trying to relate to a business proposal that he had and was talking about how, where they grew up uh, and where uh, Mrs. Evers bought her, well, the future Mrs. Evers bought her wedding dress at this business in Fond du Lac. So here's his story, and he, he has a very sizable stumble, which he has to figure out, what am I going to do with this? Take Fond du Lac, for example right by where Kathy and I grew up in Plymouth. 
cheese capital of the world, by the way. <laughs> Some things haven't changed much over the years, like Edith's right downtown in Fondy, where Kathy bought her first wedding, or her wedding, not her first wedding dress. <laughs> her first and last wedding dress, I hope. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> she's up in the balcony, too. I mean, she has to be exactly right across from him. You know, like, hey, my first now. wedding dress. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. Fun human moment. I enjoyed that. So that's my takeaway from the state of the state. <laughs> and now they get to work. Actually, the, the bigger speech will be the budget one. The budget plan, which, what, comes here... Within the next month, early February, I think. Yeah. Right. First week or two is when he gives that. So this, you know, this is the state of the state where you don't really have to say how you're going to pay for everything or what 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 are the specifics. You got surplus money. You just put out your grand vision, right? And then the budget addresses. Well, we've actually drafted the budget, and this is the stuff that's in it, and this is how we're going to pay for that. And uh, you know, as you would expect, we had uh, Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemihue with us earlier this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News, and he didn't like the big spending proposals. And again, you mentioned, well, we have like a six, seven million dollar or a billion dollar budget surplus that can pay for everything. I think Republicans will continue to push back and say it's one thing to spend some of that money on targeted things in the moment. But if you're establishing new government agencies at a cost of several hundred million dollars, that's fine for this year when you have the money to pay for it. What about the next year, the next year, the next right. year? And those things always grow. So that's the debate that you'll hear playing out in the next couple of weeks until we get more specifics from the governor. It is 843 on Wisconsin's Morning News. As soon as I saw this, I thought of you. The Why pen, is that? The Pence documents. Ah, uh, yes. From day one. <laughs> Trump day one, Biden day one, with the classified documents being found. Eric's been on it. I bet all these guys got stuff. <laughs> all these, all of them, all of them. They all got stuff. So they didn't far, even know it. So far, I'm not wrong. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. All right, so now it's the former VP. Apparently, these boxes were never unsealed. That's what his attorneys say. Yes. Sources tell ABC that Pence, when he heard about the Biden stuff, he told his folks, hey, let's, uh, <laughs> let's make sure we're Probably worth care. a look, guys. So they sent them there. They took a look. They found some classified documents. They put them then in a safe. Waiting for the FBI to show up. The FBI picked him up, took him to the National Archives, and no special prosecutor or anything like that in this case has been appointed to this point. I'm sorry, there's some more documents there. But they do have to figure out how it happened. And Pence's team is basically saying, look, we didn't pack these up. We didn't know but he had them. That's probably we all never true. never looked at them. But like, how? How and why does that happen? Are they just grabbing random things that are considered classified? Like I said before, just like a menu. <laughs> like they just, oh, because someone ordered from this place once, that's a, a classified document. Is it that silly or is it all like actual real specific things with Ukrainian documents involved and new codes? Man, you would hope not. And I think the larger question in, in these multiple investigations now is we, if, if we can all agree on something is we need a better plan. 
We need a better way of making sure that when someone leaves office, the presidency, the vice presidency, they found documents from when Biden was in the Senate. Um, that was a while that's, a, ago. that's an eyebrow raiser as well. But you know, in in to any extent, when these folks leave office, like who's boxing this stuff up? Where are we storing these things that they're just yeah. like, like the day before they move out? Is you know, like I don't, some intern just coming just in there and throwing in bo- stuff yeah. in boxes? So I, what I expect to happen here is that anyone who is going to be running for either re-election or running for the White House will now come out with. Moments like this. Hey, you know what? We found a box, too. They have to, right? Because if you don't, with all this attention, won't you look a little suspicious? Like, Pence had to do this. So you think W has stuff, and Obama has stuff, and Carter it, has stuff, and they're not bothering to look? Cause there the, is a church <laughs> There that. is a church in Georgia somewhere in the basement that has a box of Carter <laughs> documents that'll never be found because he doesn't need to. He's not running for anything again, and no one's missing those. I Obama see. and Dub's the same thing. But if you're running, if you're Nikki Haley, okay, what was she, the U.N. ambassador? Yes. So would she potentially have some classified documents because of that? Then, yeah, I bet she would try to get those back and make sure that she's got that cleaned up before she makes a run for the White House. And here's another thing to think about, too, as we as we look at these three now separate cases. There's a, a desire to sort of lump them all together. And then there's also an equal desire to try to separate them out, depending on which party you support, right? So you <laughs> want to course. say it was terrible what of Trump course. did, but it's not terrible what Biden did, and it's but it is terrible what Pence did, or or vice versa, right? It is entirely possible that all three of these could be completely different things. One of them could be a total accident. The Pence one sort of looks like that. Like if it's an unopened box and it's somewhere, and he says the only reason they looked was because. That somebody should have a look. Okay. Yeah, we better do this because look who through, knows, see what right, they right. packed up. That's possible, right. sure. Or is, maybe he snuck some stuff out. Or <laughs> also possible. But just because one of these guys snuck stuff out doesn't mean all three of them snuck stuff out. Right? Papers. So they're each their own case. <laughs> of course. And we do need to we do need an investigation in each case to tell us, well, which is it? Was it an accident or wasn't it? And what was in this stuff? We should really put together a pool. Who's next? You know what I mean? And have odds for it. Next odds. Uh, so do- it's like DocuGate. Bo- it's Buttigieg on. I'm trying to think of people that may be eyeing the White House. Harris. Does Kamala Harris have anything as but VP? Buttigieg better not because he wasn't in federal office before. Yeah, but he is now. Would he have taken stuff out? Right. You can't be taking home homework. <laughs> I, I, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You would. You would hope. Well, then that that would. Uh, oh, that would rule out the whole uh, somebody boxed it up argument. You're right. Uh, you boxed it up. Then. So Harris, Buttigieg, Nikki Haley, who else? Uh, DeSantis wouldn't have anything, right? Because he has not been in federal office. Mm-hmm. Is Tommy? Wouldn't it be great if Tommy Thompson had a little something? From, from his HHS days? <laughs> yes. be great. What's classified in HHS? I don't know, like diseases or bioweapons or anything like that? Fitbit. (laughs) Documents on a Fitbit. This new technology that's going to be out there one day. Hey, plow guy's on the move. Oh, that's good news. I think that's a different plow. But that's great news. All right, so if they're starting to plow the hail interchange, that means they might be closer to clearing that scene, getting that truck out of there. And they got the semi back Looks like it's, yeah, it's up on its wheels, so. Great. Hot dog. Still, still want a headlight flash from Plow Guy. Plow Guy, come on. He's busy. 
We're looking at the Department of Transportation camera that's up in or our uh, studio honk. here. <laughs> well, let's let's let him keep his eyes on the road, okay? Because you know he's got he's got a job to do. I here. <laughs> I want a headlight flash from Plow Guy. Eight fifty three on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ W two seven seven CV and WKTI HD two Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a Good Karma brand station. <laughs> Fifty-six on Wisconsin's morning news. After this, it's Ladies' Day on WTMJ. <laughs> Carol Kane and Sandy Max are going to take over the microphones in for Steve this morning till noon. We are going to crank those speakers. I love that song. Vinny. You know that song, Sausalito Summer. Yeah, do you know that song? I used to roller skate to that song. I hope so. She has such incredible music <laughs> now. She? She's like the female Steve Palak. Have you ever talked to him about his musicology? I mean, it's just. It's frightening how much he knows, and that goes for her. It's well, really impressive. Praise. Thank you. But that's a terrific song, and so uh, you get extra bonus points, Vinny, for choosing that's that. That's our theme song. That's our 8 o'clock theme song for this here program. What Crank are you guys doing up. for the next three hours? Well... <laughs> We're just going to wing it? <laughs> well, I'm, I know you, you know, guys have been here for a while. You've planned something, yes? Um, we did. We've, you know, we're going to quick hit on the music scene that's happening here in Milwaukee because State Fair got, you know, they released some stuff. And the, I want to talk about the, I, the Harley 100th. I know that they released some of the things from the 120th. Um, I was emceeing that. Uh, we were on the big stage, and first of all, let me just say, you were on TV forever and ever. Do you know how disconcerting it is to turn around and see your face on a 20 by 40 jumbotron? It's like, oh, dear God, <laughs> put that down. But anyhow, so it was just, I got a di- different perspective of what was happening on the 100th. But then, if you guys had to pick, just change whatever you want to do for a living, what do you have any idea where you complete would go with career that? change? Complete career change. You walk away and do something completely different. Like, can we choose anything that we're like not capable of? Anything. <laughs> no, right. only yes. things that are, that are with your talent. Yeah, pro baseball level. player. Okay, there you go. Right. Yeah, well, baseball would be easy because it's not too hard on your body, right? Right, and then you can still you play got... golf in your off time, and you know, I'd say that or like author. Okay. Then you can work on your own. Time oh, very and, cerebral. Yeah. Um, because I have a story, and Sandy and I are going to talk about it, and we'll give our opinions. A guy out of Oregon who walked away from his math gig of 35 years, signed his family up for the circus, and they're the human cannonballs. <laughs> Literally for the circus. <laughs> they ran away with the circus. <laughs> they that's ran great. away to the circus, and that's happened in 1969. And his family, he's got six generations. That they shoot themselves out of a cannon. And there you have it. I had not thought of that answer. <laughs> 859, Sandy and Carol are up next on WTMJ. Let's go in your-